was driving me crazy during the day would lessen. And I, would, and I was willing to go a long way to try to get that. I was willing to sit 13 hours a day, meditate in jungles in Thailand for two or three weeks. I was, I was willing to practice every day, two hours a day. I was willing to go a long way to try to get relief from a, from a dis-ease, from something that was bothering me, almost like it was chronic. It was underneath, it was like always, there was, we say in recovery, it was like an irritability, restlessness, and discontent that was sort of like the weather front I, I lived under. And I had memories, sense felt memories of when I was a kid. I wasn't in an abusive situation. I sure felt different when I was a kid than it did when I was starting to get older. And I remember in hindsight, when I was a kid, when I'd be playing, I never was worried, will I be playing next week? You know, never. I would just be playing. And in hindsight, I realized time hadn't set up yet in my little noggin. And so I was basically in the moment by default because I hadn't entertained the insane idea I could be out of a moment. So I was fucking pretty much present without having to do a lot of shit. You know, it was just obvious. And I wasn't taking my mother aside and saying, how am I playing, Ma? Can I be a better player? No, I wasn't doing any of that. And my love for my mother wasn't based on what she looked like or anything like that. I wasn't thinking I should have a bigger room. None of this shit was coming up. And there was a sense of brightness then. There was. And, and the adults looked much happier. As I grew up, they seemed to get more and more bummed out. And... Uh, so around five or six, it seemed like, you know, I'd be running around doing stuff when I was young, no thought about it, running around naked in the yard. And then my mother would look at me, get in here, Paul. And then I'd feel guilty the first time. And then I did something wrong. And then my head started cooking. And after a while, everything I did from that point on was accompanied by thought. It would be getting reviewed and critiqued. And this irritability, restlessness, and discomfort became like a norm, you know, and I was uncomfortable. And I didn't know what it was, but you know, very self-centered, very, going to school wasn't easy because I thought everyone was thinking about me when I was sitting in the room. And I knew they were talking about me if I left the room. So this kind of obsessive thought about me was really, really pretty claustrophobic. So I did what we do played baseball and all this stuff. And then around 12 years old, I got introduced to drinking alcohol, and I got some relief from that obsessive burden in my head. But the consequences, you know, I found as soon as I started drinking, I had magnetic appeal to people in uniform. I started to have a lot of trouble in my life. And, but the trouble wasn't sufficient enough to stop me because it was like I needed medicine. I needed to get some relief, yeah? Now maybe later on I would look, look for meditation, but at that time I wanted much quicker fucking relief. And drink, I could make, I could change how I felt with drinking. I could change how I feel if I do drugs. And that's what I wanted. I wasn't comfortable with how I was feeling most of the time. So that turned me into a something else that 
did a lot of things and then it became, luckily I got struck sober at a quite, quite a late age. I was a regular day at the office. I had spent, I had had a lot of trouble, been run over twice in my life by the same car in the same night, been in jail a lot, been spent two years and three months in programs. Uh, the consequences were a lot. You know, changed my life. My action figure has been affected by that night in 1980 ever since. So, and that was all the drive to get relief from really the condition of my head, basically. Uh, so, of course, after that was all failed, alcohol and drugs, I turned to spirituality. It seems like a logical thing. I realized it can't be outside. I've tried a lot of it. The solution must be inside. And so you think, okay, now the, the direction has been corrected. Things could go pretty well. Yeah? It was just misdirection. I was looking outside of, of my, out of myself to get relief or whatever. Yeah? So I turned around and of course meditation became made a lot of sense. And I met a spiritual teacher from India, this group, and I got initiated into meditation when I was 20. 21, I think, 20 years old, in East Village in New York City. And uh, the meditation helped. I felt much better. I got relief and I wasn't getting arrested for it, you know? So it was like a real upgrade. So the seeking got a little more civilized, yeah? I wasn't getting arrested, fucking attracting a lot of bad consequences. It's pretty good. And then I learned how to Tai Chi and massage and everything like this. This is before I got run over. And I practiced diligently, but then it was trippy. This isn't to you either. I'm just riffing, you know, I'm not pointing at anyone. But I'm happy because I would probably, you know, would have been bored talking to them. It's been the third day, so <laughs> happy you came in. <laughs> so, because this is an imitation, it's not a dissertation. It isn't. It's just a, if it hits the mark, far out. If it doesn't, you know, and you're, you're destined to have it hit the mark, it will some other place, some other time, through other, you know, through another arrow, so to speak. So, I, um, what was I doing there? So I was practicing very diligently, and I was having a lot of fucking experiences, feeling better. But I was with a guru, when I got introduced to the knowledge, I hadn't met him, he was way, he was in, he was only like a 12 year old back then, or 11 year old. His family had a guru franchise in India. I didn't know that. <laughs> Gurus in India are like, you know, McDonald's, Burger King. They have a lot of family businesses, really. So, but the family was a little upset because he had jumped from the older brother to the youngest one, which was a big news. And the young one looked like he wasn't into it at all, being a guru. He was fucking 12, 11 years old, you know? But he was presented as the Lord of the Universe, yeah? It was a very devotional thing back then. So, I was having trouble coming to the uh, conclusion he was the Lord of the Universe. I <laughs> you know, just thought he was a kid. They used to have to buy him a stereo to talk. He wouldn't fucking he extort them for it. He went, I'm not going up there and he'd have to buy him something. And it sounded like me when I was 11 years old. <laughs> so, I, uh, so then, and it was very funny in hindsight, what I saw, because I had never been introduced to a spiritual path. I was in Catholic. Never, never met a guru, and never quote-unquote meditated. But when I started meditating, I met the guru, I suddenly had tons of ideas of what a meditator should or shouldn't be, what a guru should, I mean, I became, my head just flooded me 
with fucking thoughts about shoulds and shouldn'ts, they are not, they are. And that which I was hoping was gonna relieve the dis-ease was actually promoting more fucking disease. And I was in this really weird fucking Chinese thumb torture because he's being presented, my girlfriend was a devotee type, the Lord of the Universe, and I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. My head was having a field day producing spiritual guilt on that one. Who the fuck doesn't like the Lord of the Universe? So I went to, I mean, I was jokingly thinking, if I hit him with a delayed dart, you know, poison dart, in one of his motorcades, he'd die about 50 yards away from me. they never know it was me. Like this. I just wanted to get out of this fucking kid. I couldn't leave. It's like being in a relationship and everyone tells you, oh, she's so great, but you want to fucking go. And you go, oh, I guess I should stay. But, you know, so what happened finally, I went back out and started using it again. That's the only way I could give myself permission. Could have left if I was healthy, but I wasn't. So I had to fuck everything up. I did. And then as soon as I went out, I went to, I was back, I went to New York, back to New York after years of doing cocaine shooting it and smoking and stuff. I went back to my old Tai Chi teacher and I wasn't into it. Uh, you know, it's a little too slow for me now. Tai Chi, I'm a cocaine addict. So now I think I gotta move on. So after I left, he told the class something really bad's gonna happen to Paul. And two weeks later, I got run over by the car. Twice, one night, same car, same driver. So that set off another thing, yeah? And you would think that would be sufficient enough to do something, but it didn't. After a year of being in a hospital bed, I got out and basically I reduplicated the same Paul. Just started doing drugs again and shit like that. Ended up washed up. Finally uh, gave up all hope. I was just trying to survive until I could get high. So I was using alcohol as how to pass time so I could convince someone to buy drugs because I had no money. And my uh, success rate of convincing others, especially women, was going down precipitously because I wasn't looking so good anymore. So I was fun, one fucking angry person with a much more ferocious head than ever. Unbelievable, the amount of what was going on there. So I got sober, got struck sober. And after a two year, year or two in sobriety, I went back to what I thought worked in my life, the meditation, Tai Chi, couldn't, tai Chi was difficult because my leg was mangled, but I did a lot of Qigong, Tai Chi, I mean uh, meditation, went back, started going to Vipassana, meditated in Thailand, India, America, Australia, uh, stuff like that. And after years of doing that, of course I felt a lot different, the monkey mind was chilled out, blood pressure was down, wasn't acting out, things were going sort of well, but... I saw something was wrong because the spiritual seeking almost looked like drug addiction, really. It looked like I was a drug addict, but instead of going for instant gratification, I was willing to sort of suspend it and try to go for a path with the hopes I'd end up with absolute gratification, you know, if I worked hard enough. And I was pretty diligent. But then the roof, the floor fell out from underneath me, and I was introduced to this new idea. I heard it in two different veins, but it was the same point. And it's, it's presented in the spiritual world as non-duality. And non-duality just means not to. It doesn't mean anything other than not to. Maybe to someone else it does. 
To me, it just means not to. It doesn't say not to, therefore there's the perfect one. It doesn't say that. Not to. So finally, because I had that one direction set when I realized the rugs aren't going to do it, I'm going to go inside and meditate and shit. I had another huge correction, which is that the direction was changed again, but didn't stop at this, it went through this. And there was a famous thing called self-inquiry where you ask the seeming subject, who am I? Or from whence does this come? And so your, your attention finally entertains the possibility. It may be farther than hitting just your little happy face billboard and fucking you know, circling around Paul as a body, as a historical figure, as someone who thinks it's the doer and thinker and seer, when it has nothing to do with seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And suddenly, wow, something happened. I don't know. I heard it one night and it hit me like an unspoken yes, like I knew it before I ever knew anything else. And that was pretty much the end of it, basically. And uh, that which I so fervently sought for through drugs and alcohol and spirituality, they're all the same in a lot of ways. All that stuff, how many times I put it on a woman to be my savior, whatever, was finally corrected, never to be uncorrected since then. And. Um, The beautiful thing, I, as this, still hasn't gotten the freedom. Because it's never going to. Because there is no I as this. I've gotten freedom from this, and therefore it comes through this. But this had nothing to do with it, nor does it have anything to do with it now. Yeah? So, I saw what I was, I am not from what I am. And it informed me I had been looking for what I am from what I'm not my whole fucking life. It's a simple correction. And maybe sometimes for some people it, it miscorrects or skips and goes back to the habitual looking for, at everything from here instead of looking at everything from here, let's say. But sooner or later it clicks, locks in place, and now it stabilizes. And now there's no, this base chord in this life isn't irritable, restless, and discontent. It's peaceful, contented and in a deep level of acceptance, which is mind-boggling, because the last thing in this world that was ever going to be accepted was me, because I should be something different, should be something better, should be something more, all the while thinking I'm worse, I'm less, and stuff. It was a, it was a tug of war, but you're on both sides. No one fucking wins. All you do is get obsessed with agitation, and then you try to use activity to produce stillness. That's fucking activity. You can't get out of self as self. That's why Buddha puts the word anatta to it. There is no self to get out of it. That's the getting out of it, is realizing what you're starting from, what you're taking the self to be, isn't true. That's all. It's as simple as that. And hopefully, if you take the lock off of that false reference, it may reconnect to its the square zero, and now you see differently. With, and you didn't produce the scene. You're expressing the change. You did not promote the change. So I haven't sat down formally to meditate unless I have a problem with my blood pressure. And when the meditation's going on, my head's saying I'm the meditator, and I'm not. When it ends, it may say, oh, you did a meditation session, and I didn't. And therefore, I can live pretty free from the bondage of self, because I've seen it as not me. Yes, yes, that's the invitation. Simple as that. Yeah.
So wherever you're at and if you're feeling discomfort, do what you need to do to get some relief. But after a while, maybe you have to see what's saying it's the one who's in discomfort. If you have 50 problems, the point is, is to look at the one that has all the 50 problems. Fuck the 50 problems, just see who has them. If it isn't you, there's relief for the 50 problems. The problem, the weight of the problem will be relieved, not by fucking lessening the problem, by realizing you're not the one who has the problem. And after that happens a while, you realize all the weight in the problems are be dis being distributed from you. You distribute the heaviness. You distribute the heaviness. And then you believe you're getting an unforeseen, unwanted delivery. It's not true. You're the truck driver, you put in the order, and the factory where the misery was manufactured is under your name. So that's the message. Simple as that. And then you can entertain it. And then you realize you're not the one that entertains it. So you catch the thievery as it arises. See, the sense of self is produced by the mental processes. So it takes time. It's probably one of the fastest processes in this place of time. So it's obvious, if you want to be scientific about it, how can a process that comes after the process change the prior process? The prior process is going to affect the ones that come after, especially if the prior process is an act of being identified as something. Because whatever comes after it, you're going to feel like it's you that's doing it, and therefore that's the bondage of self. And the freedom from bondage doesn't come after the bondage, it's before the bondage. What you are has never been bound. Who you take yourself to be gets bound and unbound, bound and unbound. What you are does, can never get bound. Now what happens is people, as what can get bound, wants to live an unbounded life. Good fucking luck. Just so you're not that, and then the seeming bondage will be lesser, and, and it will shorter, and you'll travel lighter through whatever life has in store for you. It's not Shangri-La. It's just the ability to fit yourself around situations instead of trying to fit them around you all day. That's simple. And you have the innate ability to do that, but not as you. You is too opinionated. You thinks it should be one way, and therefore it actually, actually attracts the other ways. And you know this by the relief. You know the problem by the relief. You do not know the problem from the problem. When you get relief from the problem, then you know the problem. And if the relief stabilizes, you're on to something. And the relief doesn't need to be tweaked or re-upped re or get a newer, more radical version of it every freaking year. You're on to something, yeah? And if it gets to the point where it's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it, now you found a point of reliability. Yes. And therefore, you won't put it on people, places, or things, because they cannot be reliable. Are we allowed to ask questions? No, I have to ask, please. So. And there's a quarter of a question, so only three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for everyone. So you gotta be. Oh. Yeah, it's not three to everybody. No way. <laughs> You'd be here all day. So it's an invitation. So let's say an appropriate answer 
a question for an invitation. It was like, what should I wear? What time? So like, invitation, dinner at nine. So, and then you look at the thing where on the invitation, it says, where, here, when, now. That's it. What time should we be there? Now. Where is it? Here. So I have one, I have one invitation printed out. Dinner at nine. Not even dinner. When? Now. Where? Here. That's it. Invitation. If you can come up with a lot of questions about it, that's pretty amazing. Because it's a simple invitation. Dinner. When? Now. Where? Here. That's it. Yeah. What you're looking for, as St. Francis says, is what's looking. You, but the problem is that what's looking in the activity of thinking doesn't think so. How could, we have a thing in recovery, they use a lot of acronyms, you know? So there's one for fear, which is false evidence appearing real. So F-E-A-R, right? False evidence appearing real. Usually to try to capture what's happening in the head. So the head is presenting a false, a story with a lot of falseness in it, yeah? But then suddenly it seems to appear real. But for it to appear real, it has to appear real to something. Yeah? So for, for false evidence to appear real, what something does it have to appear real to? To reality. That's the dream. So false evidence, the head is constantly flooding you with evidence, telling you how you are, how you're going to be, how you were, all this. It's just insane. Plays God all day. So this false evidence appears real. How the hell could false evidence appear real? It can't be real. It can appear real. So it has to be appearing real to what's real, which I believe is us. Yeah? The only way we're able to constantly take false evidence to appear real, we must be based on false evidence. I'm a body. I'm a thing. I have separate thoughts, separate feelings. I'm a historical action figure. That falseness takes all the fucking shit to be true. So now, many of us, living in the head, we're actually citizens of what's not happening. Yeah. If you're bummed out today, it's very rarely based on today. Based on last week or next week or something, yeah? So we're basically, we're, the head is absorbed in what's not happening most of the time. And then it's so insane, You'll read books about how to get into the moment. <laughs> and you'll probably not finish the whole book, but you'll buy the second one, how to really get into the moment. And then you'll want to go right to the third one, how to really, really get into the moment. But it's all predicated on an insane idea that you could be out of a moment. You've never been out of any moment you've been in, ever. So it's all these insane ideas that are seen to be true that base our whole false narrative. And it goes on and on and on. People still feel uncomfortable, irritable, restless, and discontent after they've applied every fucking solution they can come up with. But very rarely do they see their role in it all. Yeah? They think they have problems. They don't see themselves as a problem. And you know, you can debate anything and prove something or not. The proof is in the pudding. If the relief has stabilized and it's, and it's gone, it's become an all-terrain solution. In other words, it goes through people with cancer, getting broken up with, getting fucking whatever. 
broke, destitute, if you travel lighter through all that, you're on to freaking something, yeah? It's so exquisite, you as you and I as this cannot touch it. That's how beautiful it is. It's nothing. And it's after all the shopping for all these somethings, if you total them all up, they add up to nothing. Why not start at nothing? You know? Why not see the possibility that you're not the thinker of the thoughts? You're not driven crazy by Stanley's thoughts. You're driven crazy by the same thoughts called yours. You've got to see the role you play in it, yeah? Thoughts aren't driving you crazy. They're being used to drive you crazy. Feelings don't fucking ruin your day. My feelings ruin your day. When you call it yours, once you own the feeling, the feeling can own you. Once you own the thought as I'm the thinker, then the thinking can own you, yeah? You can see it. That's one quality. All the obscuring cannot erase. Why do you think the obscuring can be seen through, through at times so suddenly it's as if it was never there? Because in fact it was never there. That's how. You can see, your seeing does not have a blemish, there's no cataracts in it, because it's not of the eyes. Seeing is your innate quality, awareness, and is as clear and as where as it's ever been. Because there's no ever been in it. There's no time in it. It's not increasing or decreasing. It's not like an accordion you play based on your physical and mental conditions. It's fucking beautiful, unblemished light. Why not? You don't even have to beckon it. If you lose interest in all the activity that promotes what you're not, It'll be so obvious to you, it'll be ordinary. It won't be special, you won't be writing blogs about how you came to it, or how you did all this shit to arrive at it, because you realize you had nothing to do with it. All you're doing is actually obscuring the possibility of being it. And I feel that's the only possibility we have concerning it. The only possibility you and I have about what we are is being it. You can't study it, you can't know it, you can't experience it. You'd have to be something else, and you're not. Hmm? So, Try as we may. Because even then, what can a failed system show you? It's failed, it's beautiful. Everything, because you proceed it, every can be, everything will be used and can be used to dream itself out of this dreaming. There's nothing that has kept anything wrong or fucked anything up. Because let's say you believe that and then maybe an event happens and it hits you or you believe subtly or obviously that if there's any possibility of awakeness, I've had to have done many, many things for many, many years to arrive at that point when the awakeness becomes so obvious it can change this whole life. I'm telling you, if that happens, Part of the download is that it's always been this way. That which is available now is always available now. It always has been available now, and it always will be available now. You may think you got to a particular now, 
in time, and then you say that's when it happened, but that particular noun in time, that particular now in time, that's the dreaming. The timelessness is always available at all times. Follow back whatever you call you and you'll be there. Instead of moving towards the freaking truth, see the falsehood. And you may not be moved at all to go anywhere. This is the point of non-duality. It starts at, a po- at the point of negating and it doesn't veer off negating. It negates what we take to be true. And in that realization that I'm not two, I'm not this, I'm not that, there's a sense of what you are. You can't see it, so you better get an intimation of it while it's seen. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, that's the possibility. What does one do to really be of help? Well, in non-duality, nothing. You don't want to be of help, really. But let's say, okay, the lion, it's very simple. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Why, how's that, what's, how could that not be clear to the Buddha? But the obscuring agent in all our cases, seemingly, is the Buddha is identified as something that it's not and it's now looking to become like the Buddha, as the Buddha, but taking itself to be Steve. That's the freaking dilemma, yeah? Now does Steve have to get better and better at the pursuit of becoming more like the Buddha? Or would it be helpful if you just see you're not Steve, what may dawn on you? You're Buddha. And then immediately when you hear, hey, you can't use yourself to find yourself, it makes complete sense. You're like, yeah. And you're surprised how it doesn't seem obvious to fucking everyone you see on Bloor Street. <laughs> it does. You're like, hmm. it's like the fish going to wet meetings. <laughs> I'm going to a wet meeting tonight. When it comes shock, yeah, I've been there thousands of times. I still don't get it. Fucking unbelievable. Because you're totally drenched. That's why. If this came and went, you'd notice it, but it doesn't come and go. It's always there at all times, so it seems like it's completely absent. You want the second coming of something that came first. There's no second coming. Because there was no first coming, there was no coming at all. It's always available at all times. It never went anywhere. I'm waiting for it to come back. Well, you're going to be waiting a long time because it hasn't left. For something to come back, it would have to leave. You know? If there's no entrance, you couldn't have a re-entrance. Yeah? I missed it the first time. I hope there's a second coming. So, yes. I'm too, too zoomed out. (laughs) After these days. I could be committed very, I'm right at the line now. <laughs> being committed, very close. We'll have Not much would push me over, push me over the edge. 
yes, any questions? Yeah, don't worry about language, just okay. saying. Um, where it's like the physical side of things, like I understand like there's some perception things we have to really, very subtle things of perception we have to figure out, like work through. But we are like a vessel, we're yeah. an action figure. So that's why I like doing yoga, it's like helps correct sort of the messages that we receive to maybe, maybe perceive it. Would you have it set up that way? Yeah, I think it's great to do. That's kind of my approach to help get rid of some random. Is it doing it? There you go. Keep up with it. This isn't a denial of anything. It's just hoping to open up a field of questioning. Mm. It has nothing to do with meditation. It has to do with the sense of being a meditator. Yeah. Yeah, that's the bonding. (laughs) Yoga doesn't bind. It's the, it's the mental state using yoga to make you a yogini or a yoga master. That's what binds. It's like when I would be surfing, yeah? You're riding good waves, whatever. And then, as soon as the action's over, because you're out of head, pretty much, and you're going back to the beach, the head comes up and says, did anyone see me catch that wave, you see? There's different, there's, uh, there's, there's different agendas going on, yeah? There's what you are, what it understands, and then, what who you are can't understand. And most of what who you are understands, what you are thinks, what the fuck? It's like a cat listening to you. It's and then food, maybe, you know? That's the only thing. There's not much you're like, what the fuck, you know? If you had a little, if you had you as a kid come here and see you totally flipped out in this room and the kid doesn't see, mom's not yelling at you, dad's not yelling at you, why are you flipped out? Well, I'm worried about next week. Your kid would, your kid, you as a kid would say, you're fucking crazy. He wouldn't say fucking, but he'd say, you're crazy. Let's go out and play. Yeah, he would see you super clearly. What the fuck has happened? When I'm three years old, I was not looking to meditate. Wasn't going planning on retreats. I wasn't reading books, how to get into the moment. I hadn't entertained tons of insane ideas, and people don't see it was the entertaining of the insane ideas that had a lot to do with it. They were absent when you were young, everything seemed better, or when you're in certain situations, or some totally controlled incubator type retreat, which are just vacations, really. I'd like to see a retreat in Newark, New Jersey, or fucking Hoboken. No, they're in Costa Rica, fucking like that. It's a vacation basically, spiritual vacation. You feel better by, oh, I meditated like, what, 40 minutes. And the rest of the day you're kayaking, fornicating, getting foot massages. It's a vacation, really. It is, in most cases. So, this doesn't, I don't care about meditation. It helps you do it. But I'm just trying to point out there's a mental agenda or a mental activity going on unbeknownst to us because we're like horses with blinders called self-centeredness yeah we're just seeing everything as how it pertains to us as a body we're missing out on we're not picking up a lot of the more dominant radio stations that are playing yeah 
when you become aware of that, you see the directive. It's like you recognize suddenly you've been listening to a failed GPS. That's why when you punched in happy, joyous, and free, you ended up in jail about five hours later. And you're wondering, what the fuck? I just wanted to have a fun night, and then I'm in jail. You're, you're relying on a failed system, and you're relying on a failed system to explain the system. And of course it's not going to say it's a failed system, because it's the system talking. It's into surviving. So what happens is, it knows it sucks, so it convinces you as the seeming host that it's the host. It talks to you as you. You actually believe it's you that's saying that shit up there. It isn't. It's a fucking propaganda channel. I have a question that somewhat relates to that. Go ahead, yes. It's question time. Yeah. Question time's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, no. Okay, no. <laughs> so I, um, um, maybe I won't talk about the question time. Do you believe in the, what, do you have any comments on the universal mind? I don't think mind is universal. It's everything. The universe would be diminishing its stature. You said universal mind. Big M mind. Yeah. I believe that's all there is. Now, what mind is, who the fuck knows? But I know, you know. But my sense is that which has no beginning or end and is not defined by a body could pretty much go on and on and on for fucking ever. Yeah? So what happened to me was I was under so much real stress that it just felt like 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 some of the thoughts were like coming at me so quickly and they were so I don't know how to describe them, they're almost so right and big that I was like, where is this coming from? This is not the way I used yeah. to think. Mm. I really yeah, it captures. There's a lot of pirate radio stations that can capture the old bandwidth, and you'll get different information coming through for sure. Somewhat. You're not the source of it as this. You're, you're the radio. You're not the writer of the songs. You play the songs. Yeah, and. Would you blame the radio if you didn't like the channel? <laughs> the radio isn't playing the channel, it's playing any channel. That's what it does. If you had a foreign install, I'm just using it as a picture because you know what? The mind, as the activity here, works with images better than words. So if you can allow it to make an image, it has a much more, much more information is in an image than fucking words. Yeah? So, if the act of being identified is the obscuring agent, let's say, yeah? Let's just say it. So the act of being identified is the obscuring agent. So, what would help you maybe see that is to describe all that you believe is inferring to be you as a foreign installment. This is what happened with me. One night, I don't know, years and years and years ago, I, had a, I used to do a class, and there was a sentence this class that I had to say every week, pretty much, and it goes, being convinced that, my, that self, and my sense of self is not ego, it's a feeling of being the one who has the ego, or the one who loses an ego. The one, it's the feeling of being the doer, the owner, the cause, 
that, yeah? It's that sense. It's not vague. It uses the body to magnify the sense and locate it, but it's not a body. It's a sense, yeah? It produces a sense of self. I'm the owner, I'm the doer, I'm the seer, I'm the feeler, I'm the taster, I'm the toucher. It's ownership, yeah? It, there's no one there that's owning, but it, it says by owning that there's an owner. That's what it does. So it uses owning to imply an owner. It uses the hearing to imply a hearer. It uses the doing to imply a doer. And then when it works, then you feel like you're the doer that's doing all the doing. Yeah? But it's the doing that's used to imply the doer. It's a robbery, really. You can see it in time. You can see it. It doesn't matter if you do, but you can. Okay? So there's a little heist going on, unbeknownst to most people, because they're in the act of being identified as a self. Yeah? So what the foreign installment that's is like really an advertising campaign, they think it's their little Greek oracle telling them very wise things to do. If you heard the same thing that you thought was a novel great idea and it was framed as Stanley's, you would see how fucking insane it is. Yeah, but because it sounds like the familiar you, you're, you're buying shit all day. And it's constantly telling you you have a lot to do with shit you have nothing to do with. Absolutely nothing to do with. You're presented to be a cause, and basically you're more of an effect, mostly. You're affected all day out here, aren't you? Affected by thoughts, you're affected by people's looks, you're affected constantly. So this is just uh, an invitation. It's not to prove anything. It's not a, all right, let's start the debate. It's not a fucking debate. I don't care what you think about it. I've done my job. I've served it. See where it goes. If it works, there's tons of videos on YouTube. Support you. It doesn't cost anything. Entertain the possibilities and have your own little spin with it. See what occurs. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll allow you to travel lighter without much uh, budget going into it. You know? Yeah. So, really. And then if you want to do shit, do it. Yeah? Yeah. Know how, know what is, how beautiful it is to sit and meditate, then to feel like you have to follow a schedule to meditate, much nicer. When you just feel moved to do it, yeah? You get so much more than that than fucking five years of fucking samurai discipline. <laughs> this isn't concentration or focus, it's dispersal and relaxed, yes. Oh, this is your last one. Okay. Um, if you want, if you want one way. Okay, basically, if you're trying too hard at something, it attracts a different way, is what you said. But I, through some readings, and uh, like in terms of the law of attraction, so this is what you're saying contradicts that. Is yes, there, everything saying, I say should contradict something. I'm not talking on that level. Yeah about law of attraction or getting something or doing that. That was a, um, it's a much bigger, it's actually, the point I'm driving at is much different than the auxiliary little pieces, yeah? You got the basic invitation, just let it sit there. Yeah? Yeah, just see, see how it goes. Just sit there. And, you know, thinking about it doesn't really promote it. Yeah. If you can just sort of let it go, get into your rest of your day, don't put any thought into it, and then see what happens. Maybe you'll feel different tomorrow. 
Maybe something will be, you'll start hearing sounds you haven't been hearing. Maybe uh, there's more beauty in your path as you're walking by it. And then start, make note of that and honor it away. Yeah, maybe your, uh, your true HD lens is showing up, yes? Instead of being obscured with about 30 levels of saran wrap, yeah? Who knows? But I know what I, hmm? Is it like just don't obsess about something you want? Just don't obsess about something you want? Is that what you're saying? No, it's about you're not the one that obsesses or not obsesses. That's what it's about. You see? See, if there's, the assumption is there's you, there's a you, that's the stationary concrete thing that needs to stop obsessing. I'm talking about that sense of you. I don't care about obsession or not. I care about the one who feels they're the obsessor. Yeah? That's where the relief lies. Obsess, getting out of obsession becomes a lifelong fucking chore because you're going to get into obsession because that's what the head does. It obsesses. But what would happen, because you're not concerned about other people's obsession much, are you? Unless you're living with them. Which you're not really caring about that. But you seem to care a huge amount about yours. Well, if you could treat yours just as a stranger's, you would travel lighter through it. And maybe there'd be a real loss in, of interest in the obsessing, and it would go down or way down or, got, or would go. Yeah? Just saying, see what happens. But the whole point is, this is what happens with most people. First of all, they want things to be therapy, really. They go right into the therapy position because they don't want to look at the imitation. The imitation is not about attraction, not attraction, obsession, not obsession. It's about the one that is, that sense of oneness that's generated by the obsession being claimed, by the attracting being claimed, by the resistance being claimed. That's what the message is about. It's, it pin, it's a pinpointed message. It's not therapy. It's not about, all right, let's help you get through this day. There's tons of meetings that will do that. Yeah? It's about who is that that believes they're getting through the day. If it isn't you, maybe that will help in you getting through the day lighter. Instead of trying to make the day lighter so you can go through it lighter, maybe there'd be an acceptance of what has ever happened, and you'll see you won't be taking this so seriously, and suddenly you've got exactly what you wanted without jumping through too many hoops. You would just see, hey, and then you start realizing by the absence of your role, you'll see the hugeness of your role here. You're giving everything all the meaning it has. It's huge. The role is unbelievable. You are the dreaming of this place. But how are you going to get there with manicuring all the dreamt? See what's happening. Not out here, but here. Are you the thinker? Are you the feeler? Are these your actions? Do you have volition? Is everything, is everything that you believe, is it true? Are you going to get fired today? Is this, are they going to leave? Is all this stuff that we're believing, is it true? And what believes it's true? It may not be you. Yeah? Fuck, and if it, is, and if it hits you, if you get relief, man... It would be so much, it's funny, all the stuff we call you, if you had contentment and satisfaction, it would change quite a lot. You know, all your lifelong noble yearnings, you may lose interest in a, in a day. Yeah, it could. Your car, your deck would be totally reshuffled, or could be, totally. See, but we're always holding out one card 
And that one card, when it's put back in the deck, it fucking, it fucking defines the whole fucking card game. We're just saying that card is imaginary. That joker that you take to be you, and I'm not saying you're the joker. Just throwing out a picture. That's the one card you won't let go. And that's why the game still keeps playing the same fucking way. Go to journals that you wrote about maybe 20 years ago. I'm afraid of, and just change the nouns because it's the same fucking thing. I'm afraid of, Billy won't ask me out to the prom. 40 years old, I'm afraid of, I may get fired. It's I'm afraid of as the basis, or I'm concerned with all freaking day. Do you want that to be the basis? Anxiety, Jesus Christ, it can shift so easily. It, you're, see, if you don't like the number of this mathematical plan, this mathematical plan is based on the primary number is one, self. There's another mathematics available, which is based on the primary number zero. See which one plays out better. You have the option, you do. You can lean this way or you can lean that way. Hmm. All right, I think that's it. I'm getting a little too physically high. I may have to meditate too. <laughs> All right, any questions? Oh, yes, hey bro. <laughs> If, um, if there are no requirements necessary, then practice is not necessary. Why, why, why is uh, repetition sometimes helpful? Because we're in time, seemingly. And in time, you can seemingly forget the unforgettable. Yes. The only place you could forget the unforgettable is through time. Question will not be clear on the record, the table. That's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Yes. Hi, Paul. Uh, you said one time uh, when I heard you speak that uh, this um, awareness, if that's the right term, uh, is not a state. It's not like a spiritual state that comes and goes. Yeah. Um, what What would you call it? Everything, nothing, I don't know. Sam. <laughs> I don't know. The names can't define it, so use whatever you like. It's a sense felt. To me, it's more of an intimation. I don't know how to explain it. Let's say seeing, let's say seeing is like the greatest driven by electricity activity, but still there's a little bit of a scent comes off it, right? The seeing, yeah, the awareness. There's a, there's a, there's a bouquet in it. In its seeing, there's a sense, there's a sense of it while seeing. And here, all there is is the seeing, yeah? So it gets a sense of itself in a weird way. And my feeling, it gets a sense of itself by seeing nothing. Because when you look at everything, it's truly nothing. So in seeing everything, it goes through that thing and it sees nothing, which is as close as you can get to it, really. Yeah? Thank you. Yeah. You see the flavor? It's a trip. All right. Would How would it... 
would it be easy to get a taste of nothing if at first it was presented as something? I bet you, because you're never going to get a sense of nothing because it's always nothing. But let's say if nothing was appearing as something and you saw through the something, it would be almost the closest you could get to having a hit of nothing. Yeah? Don't you believe? It would be the closest way. You, because you would have it, you would have made a mistake and called nothing something. And when the mistake was what didn't need to be corrected was seen through, then nothing would seem like it appeared. And maybe that which never appears, by having it mimic an appearance, you would get a hit of it. I don't know. It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the only way you can see nothing. I mean, see what's seeing is by seeing nothing. Yeah. In everything. Yeah. 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 It doesn't take everything away. Everything is appearing. You know, thoughts are appearing. Feelings are appearing. See, I believe a lot of people are misdirected to try to fucking stop thoughts or to change their feelings without changing the, the heist that implies a feeler and a thinker. It doesn't go anywhere, in my humble opinion. And I gave it a good shot. It doesn't go anywhere because more thoughts will come up. And if you get to the origins of all your family history on Earth, your mental state will make up a family for mods. And maybe fucking have more shit to go through. Yeah? Historical things are happening now. History is now. And your head is never going to run out. It's gonna, that's why people go to therapists 40 years. They take that. They, do they have that much stuff? <laughs> it just gets produced. <laughs> produced. Oh, you're looking for something? <laughs> you're looking for another neurosis? <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're like the magician that doesn't know it's a magician. He keeps putting it in its hand, in its hand in its hat, looking for something, and he pulls up the rabbit. If he wouldn't put his hand in the hat, it would be empty. But as soon as he puts his the, his hand in the hat, there's a rabbit, and he doesn't get it. Right? He just keeps going. How many fucking rabbits are there? But it's if it would just go hurt, there'd be no freaking rabbit. Do you know how fast we are speed-wise? What we are? What we are is an activity. We're, we're, we're built as this to see through slow time. Mind is super fucking fast, yeah? We've, this whole thing has been dumped, been slowed down so that we can see things. Remember that movie? There's a movie called Lucy or something? Yes. And there was that one thing where they explained something, you're into the science, a, new, a, new, uh, a neuroscience thing that says, if something is going so fast, it disappears. It can only appear in time, slowing down time, then nothing appears. What is that but us? We're dreaming, yeah? The time would have to be slowed down, then you see the car. If it hits a certain speed, it disappears, yeah? yeah. But as it's, if the time is slow, which is us dreaming, then you see it. So if it's fast, super fast, nothing is appearing, yeah? Mind, slow down, introduce an ingredient called time, slows the fucking rockets beyond light of speed of mind, 
suddenly a dreaming occurs. It gets hatched. Now you see things. And suddenly they're seeing through this and you go, oh, I'm seeing. And the movie starts. You paid for the admission. Now you're in the fucking movie. Now part of being in the movie is I don't want to be in the movie. I want to get out of the movie. But as the character of the movie, that's part of the fucking movie. The character always wants to get out of the movie. But it can't get out of the movie because it only appears in the movie. Ramana once, I think, said in one of his readings, an interesting little thing. He says, oh, you see the, that guy, that yoga or a sage, looks like he's doing nothing, but his, he is at the speed of light. What it is. Yeah. Time is a construct, seriously. It's not a construct. It's, it's the way to construct things. You need time to see something. It's made up. It's dreaming. It's part of the dreaming. You know, if, you have, if you're doing something you don't like, it seems like an eternity. Doing something you really like, it goes super fast. What is, do you think? Time has like individual <laughs> gears for every one of us? Okay. <laughs> no. It's us. It's part of the dreaming. Mind's dreaming. Not mental. Mental state is an appearance in the dream. Mind is dreaming. I think that got to do stop, eh? Because we may go so fast, everything will yeah. disappear. <laughs> and then I won't get any money. And I'll have to stay here longer. And then maybe take a bus back to San Francisco. <laughs> hey, I think we have one more talk in Burlington tomorrow night. At my place. Hmm? At my place. At your place, no. At my place on Tuesday. Oh, no, no. I can't do any more talks, I don't think. A little oh. tired, but I'll think about it. Okay. Maybe I'll feel better. I feel all right, but I'm just getting too high. No, my face is cool. What do you mean by getting too high? Uh, just rushed out. Not blood pressure, just been the buzz, like the light needs to have a... I need to watch something, like some horror entertainment, horror movie, or, or eat black. something. <laughs> Off in black, eat something. I, do, I can't keep... Just can't I'll turn this off. I mean, but I've been in, engaged too much, you know. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Thank you.